Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, you guys know that I love weird movies, and we are looking at a weird one. It's called Black Bear, and it stars Aubrey Plaza and Christopher Abbott. And yeah, this is a uh, bit of a head trip of a movie, and I am very excited to talk about it. Joining me today is Shannon McGrew from Nightmarish Conjuring. I've been wanting to have Shannon on the show for a while now, so I'm really happy that she is here, and we have a great conversation lined up for you guys. So uh, if you're a longtime listener, just know I really appreciate you being out there. As always, I always ask for you to share the show, rate and review, all that stuff. Make sure you're subscribed. If you're a new listener, uh, I, I love hearing what people think of this show, so... Uh, Definitely please send me some feedback. You could rate and review us, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. If it has a uh, you know, a review thingamajig, just go in there and do do that. Uh, let us know. Or you could just, of course, contact me on social media and all that stuff. At PiecingPod on Twitter and Instagram. And our Facebook group is Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. I love hearing from you all. I'm always looking for new guest co-hosts, so uh, if you are listening and are interested in doing that, get in touch with me. So, uh, yeah. I, I think that about does it. Um... I will have plenty more to talk about after the show, but this is a great conversation, so I want to get into it. Let's talk about Black Bear. All right, so this conversation should be an interesting one. We are going to be talking about Black Bear, and joining me is Shannon McGrew from Nightmarish Conjurings. Shannon, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm really, uh, really happy to have you here on the podcast, and uh, I think this is definitely a good one uh, for you to sink your teeth into. It should be, it should be a fun conversation. <laughs> uh, before we do start unraveling this thing, though, a little bit, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and uh, what you do. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Shannon McGrew. I run a website. I'm the founder and run a web- website called Nightmarish Conjurings. Uh, our focus is primarily on horror films, um, though we do non-horror here and there. Everything has a little bit of horror, sure. if you really look for it. <laughs> I've. Uh, it's been about, gosh, almost six years. So, you know, it's what was once a little hobby has turned into something much grander. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I always see you, you know, all over the Twitter and Facebook and all that <laughs> stuff and everything that, that you're up to. So I know you, uh, you stay busy and uh, yes. your site is always out there. So uh, very happy to have you here today. Thank you. Very happy to be here. So this movie, Black Bear, uh, I, I reached out to you on this one because I, I had seen your review and I knew how much you loved it and I loved it as well, getting that out there uh, <laughs> right up front. But was this a movie you had been like really looking forward to? Um, yeah, I remember when it hit the festival circuit, I think it was for Nightstream. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Christopher Abbott, like I'm a big fan of both of them. So I was like, I'm interested in whatever this is. I, I don't do a lot of research into a film prior because I feel like mm -hmm. sometimes that can skew my viewpoint. Like I also don't watch a lot of trailers. Sure. Um, so I was just, I was interested on the basis of those two actors, but then when people started watching it and were kind of like, well, this movie's weird. Then I was like, no, oh, I'm in. What did I I'm just watch? Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> I'm a hundred percent in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My, my big thing was, uh, Ingrid Goes West is one of my favorite movies of the last few years. I need to see um, that. Oh man. It's so good. And I don't know what people, a, a lot of people didn't seem to connect with it the way mm -hmm. I did. I mean, it certainly has its fans, you know, I guess maybe it's going to become a bit of a cult thing. I don't know, but I obviously Aubrey Plaza is, you know, a name. She's someone people know. Uh, but to me, that's like the Aubrey Plaza that I love. And so I, I've been looking for the next, like that, the next crazy mm -hmm. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza role. And this looked like it was going to be that and definitely delivered. So, um, I, I think let's start getting into some puzzle pieces and we will, uh, you know, really dig into what this movie is, what we, you know, what we think of it and what it's trying to say and all of that along the way. But uh, what, what do you got for your first puzzle piece? What, what movies did this remind you of? Well, it's interesting. So I'll be like completely transparent. I'm actually going through something right now, which has affected my memory. So mm. my memory is a little shoddy at the moment, but. Um, when I think of the movie and when I think of what drew me to it, especially in terms of like puzzle pieces, it has this flavor of like, I'm a huge Ari Aster fan. I think sure. he's one of the best modern directors to have come out recently. I just think he's uh, immensely talented and oh, his yeah. work to me is always a puzzle piece. It's not it's not laid out in a linear fashion. Like you have to really take the time to understand what it is he's trying to say, the rewatchability of the films, etc. So when I think of something like Black Bear, I don't think it's it's at the same height as like Hereditary or Midsummer, mm -hmm. but I feel like it has that inspiration of like, okay, here's a film that when you watch it the first time, most likely you're going to be like, I have no idea what the fuck just happened. Sorry. Sure. I don't know if we're allowed to swear. Um, yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's about dissecting it. And so I think of films like, okay, it's in that group of like those films from Ari Aster or Robert Eggers, or I know that you have some as well, so I won't say those, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's a film that takes time. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is a movie that as I was finishing up my notes this morning, I was like, 
damn it, I wish I had watched this again before we like really got to this. Like this movie really requires multiple viewings. And I feel the same way about Ari Aster's films. I mean, I think you're absolutely right in bringing him up. And uh, and it'll be interesting to see uh, this director, uh, Lawrence Michael Levine, like what else, what else is you know, in this head, you know, <laughs> what other kinds of experiences uh, is going to be bringing. But And correct me uh, if I'm wrong, isn't he, doesn't he usually play within the comedy realm? I believe so. I believe so. Um, I, I don't know too much about the other stuff that he's done, but I, I do believe uh, shorts were, were more of that. And I do think that this movie is very darkly comic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I laughed a lot during it. And I mean, that that's, that's my thing is dark comedy. So I mm-hmm. mean, definitely it really spoke to me in that way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, absolutely. This is a movie that I think we'll be uh, thinking about for a while mm-hmm. and unwrapping a lot like Midsummer and, uh, and hereditary. I will move on to my first puzzle piece. This was the first one that came to mind. And I should say that I've brought this movie up a bunch of times on this podcast before, but I don't think any of those other times were as much as Black Bear, uh, as appropriate as Black Bear, and that is Darren Aronofsky's mother, which I see, I see you are uh, on board already. I love that uh, movie so much. <laughs> it's my favorite movie of the last decade, and uh, and. I mean, I I always go to it when I think of movies that just keep getting crazier as they go. This movie gets crazier and crazier as it goes. So there is that right there. But aside from just that, I mean, you know, we're also dealing at least in the first half of this movie with this movie within the movie, you know, spoiler alert. But of course, we get into spoilers here on this podcast. But, um, you know, especially in the first half of Black Bear you know, there is a lot of that anxiety of somebody coming into the home and the the awkwardness and the little conversations and, and the, you know, what is this person's ulterior motives and all that kind of stuff that built into the anxiety of mother until the, you know, overall metaphor, the, you know, the allegory started to kind of reveal itself. So I think uh, that's why I say like more than any other movie that I've ever used mother as a puzzle piece on I, I think this one really fits it a lot. And like I said, I just love that movie so much. And I, I love a movie that just, I'm just looking at the screen and just in awe of just how how is this still continuing to unravel in ways that I didn't expect and just feels like it's getting just wilder and more interesting as it goes. Yeah, Mother is, I mean, I will defend that movie until my dying day. I think that <laughs> as somebody who's very fascinated with religion-based horror mm-hmm. in any capacity, mother was like, it just, that like smashed into everything that I love. And, you know, as a side note, I remember seeing that at a screening at Paramount Pictures and people walking out, like actual like critics walking out. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. 100% into this movie. <laughs> like if critics are walking out, like I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, I have to assume uh, if if Black Bear was uh, something I'd seen in the theaters, there would probably be a couple of walkouts as well. It's definitely that kind of movie that like it does not really care if you're along for the ride, like mm-hmm. you know, come with us or or don't, whatever. And I think <laughs> that's know? what's huge about that movie, and something that I made note in my review is that you know, when that massive shift happens, you're either Mm -hmm. in this or you're not. 
you either go yeah. for the ride for the adventure and try to figure out what exactly is happening or viewers are going to be like, this isn't for me. Yeah, exactly. And and I will say right now, before we move on to our next piece, is that that shift, for me personally, I am growing to love where it goes, but I truly believe if that first portion of the movie had continued on and was the full 90 minute or 120 minute this would probably be my number one movie of the year so far. That's how much I love that first whole section of this movie, Black Bear. I just think it's just just incredible. Yeah, that whole first section is, you know, I remember watching it and I'm, I'm sure you know from my posts and stuff, I'm very pro-cannabis. So I watch mm-hmm. a lot of movies. I like to see how movies affect me when I'm either smoking or not. And I remember watching that movie smoking and being like am i gonna die like what is happening like that first half it was so stressful like i was so stressed and then when it has that massive shift i was like what is going on like (laughs) it felt like somebody popped the bubble all of a sudden all that stress just let out but then you're like wait a minute what is this i i I have to ask you real quick then uh did, did you watch climax that way uh, because I did, and it just kind of blew my mind. Climax, I love Climax. Um, mm-hmm. The first time, there's only actually been a few movies that I've purposely watched, like really, really stoned. I haven't mm-hmm. watched that one really, really stoned. I want to. Okay. I have to show my partner. So that's probably when I'll do it. Um, but like Uncut Gems, I watched both sober and really stoned. And both sure. times I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> That that's how I felt with climax. Yeah, I was like, I love climax. Yeah, yeah, the horror elements really, really come out when uh, yeah, yeah, under the influence. <laughs> oh boy. Well, let's move on. What do you got for your next piece? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about it, and though they're not similar in terms of the grotesque elements, um, Lars von Trier's "The House That Jack Built." Oh, okay. For some reason, it reminded me of that, like, somebody coming into another house, like, coming into the home, well, multiple homes, (laughs) for those who have not seen (laughs) the house that Jack built, which, you know, I wouldn't tell people to run to go see, even though I love it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, just this element of something insidious coming in to a house in which nobody understands what that insidious element is. You know, you have Christopher Abbott's character and Sarah, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Is it Gadon? Gadon? Yeah, I think Gadon, but I'm not quite sure. Okay. You know, they obviously have their issues, but um, Aubrey Plaza's character comes in and you don't really understand what it is about her character and I think there's this, yeah, there's just this insidious nature that reminded me of um, the house that Jack built, which is super random, I know, but it just... <laughs> so, I actually have not seen the house that Jack built. It's been on my watch list for a while now, but I certainly know enough about it to kind of know like where you're coming from with that piece. That was the second screening I went to where people walked out. <laughs> I laughed through all of it. Uh, most people don't, but I think you mm-hmm. have to be in a certain mindset to understand what that film is trying to yeah i wouldn't be like go watch it right now like you have to it's i I want i want to go see that one one of these days soon because uh yeah it it seems like it's right up my alley but uh but yeah definitely uh another one of those you know 
you're either you're either in or you're out. Like we're not going to hold your hands with this. Yeah, and that's a big thing too. There's a shift uh, in that move in the house that Jack built, not in terms of like the strong editing shift that we see in Black Bear, where you obviously know that there's it's completely changed, but something does happen in the house that Jack built in which you either laugh it off and think, holy shit, I guess this is what's happening or you don't. And I think movies like that and like black bear really push a viewer out of their comfort zone. And I think that that's important, whether you like it or not, it still pushes you to question what it is you're watching, what it's saying to you. And I think that that's important. Yeah. And it pushes you to really like consider what, what, the point is of all this Mm -hmm. and and, you know that that makes a movie really stick with you i think yeah yeah well i'll go on to my next piece and it's actually a movie uh uh, i believe you mentioned in passing uh just a couple minutes ago it's actually uncut gems uh which (laughs) i i feel like once especially once we get to the uh second uh, half of Black Bear, and we're on this film set and there's just this hectic anxiety that just does not let up and you're you're being introduced to all these different members of the film set, whether it's, you know, producers, uh, uh, script supervisors, the <laughs> directors, just, uh, all these, uh, you know, cast members and all the other people that are all around when it comes to filmmaking. And everybody's kind of talking over each other. Everybody's got their own little side things that's happening. And uh, it just, it just, adds to just this overall anxious feeling of like, you know, where am I supposed to be looking? What am I supposed to be taking in? What is just background noise? And it's uh, it's very exciting filmmaking. And it reminded me a lot of Uncut Gems, the way that all of that anxiousness unfolds. Yeah, I would, uh, I would 100% agree because you really have to like find the rhythm mm-hmm. in both movies, especially... I would say even more so in Black Bear because in Uncut Gems, that movie just starts in chaos and never sure. stops ever. Even when it's over, it's still chaotic. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas Black Bear, once that thing happens, you have to like completely align yourself with something to understand anything that's that's happening. Um, right, which is exciting. Right. It is. It really is. Yeah, and especially once things start to click, and you're just like. Okay, I, you know, I, I think I got it. Like, there's still something else there. I, I'm going to have to think about this for a little while still, but uh, I'm, I'm getting something. <laughs> I think I'm getting something. <laughs> well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? Um, I was actually going to say, like, Uncut Gems and, well, the Safdie brothers in general. Uh, you know, I watched sure. Good Time for the first time this year because um, after Uncut Gems, I was like, oh, my God, like, I need to – I need to figure out more of these movies that they, you know, make. Um, I actually found good time to be way more stressful, interesting enough. Um, So I actually aligned that movie with the second part of the film because it's just utter chaos and good time doesn't start off as chaotic as I think uncut gems. So Mm -hmm. it just, that for me just aligned because you're just like shit's happening left and right, but I actually don't know what's happening. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I think, I think also another, another way where good time maybe more or at least in a different way uh, connects is the, the kind of like 
you you get more of the backgrounds of the characters, whereas Uncut Gems, you're thrown into this situation. Yeah. In good times, you get that whole the brothers, you know, and their their whole life together, and uh, and so you really like get a little bit more deep into the characters. So I, I definitely think it's worth bringing up Good Time for sure. Yeah, I just I felt it's funny because I was doing a list of all the movies. I watched today or yeah, all the movies I watched today, all the movies I watched this year. Um, and when I was doing my list for this and I was like, Oh, good time is definitely, I remember like that heart pounding, the heart pounding moments that happened, not in the beginning, but as these pieces started falling into place and how I felt watching black bear when all those pieces started falling into place. And I don't even know if those pieces are correct. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we'll figure it out eventually, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I'll I'll move on to my next piece. And honestly, I feel like this could have gone along with some of the things I was talking about with Uncut Gems. Uh, but that's Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights, uh, which oh, once wow. we get into the filmmaking aspect, uh, you know, we're really, again, I was talking about how you're seeing all these different people on the crew and their little side stories and everything The I think it was the script supervisor has diarrhea and like, yeah. you know, and this, and the, the actress is getting drunk and, and <laughs> she's, you know, jealous of, of the, the director and just all these different people and they all have their own little stories and, you know, it's not completely necessary as far as for the story being told to really pay attention to any one of the little side bits, but they all add up to this just rich tapestry of a story that is just so expertly balanced where you mm -hmm. really get a sense of who all these people are, what their part is in this production that you're watching unfold, but also who they are and like what their lives are a little bit. And so, yeah, I, I mean, that's probably, I would have to say the best movie about making movies even though it's porno um but it's still like a set you know it's still it's still a production of some sort so uh yeah it it, it feels a little bit like that <laughs> yeah i guess now yeah now thinking about it that totally took me by surprise i wouldn't have thought that but you're right yeah that's the best kind of piece i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So I'll go with my last piece now. And uh, that is a movie I love bringing up on this podcast. And because it's my favorite movie, it's Adaptation. Uh, I and seen I, that. You've never seen? Oh, my gosh. Some, I, somebody else I want just you to watch told it. Me, yes. Literally, I think I was like having writer's block or something. And somebody posted a GIF from Adaptation. I was like, I've never seen this. And they're like, you have to watch it. Well, I won't go too deep in it because I don't want to spoil it specifically for you. But I will just say the way that Charlie Kaufman's movie that he's writing in Adaptation is kind of getting away from him, let's say. And uh, and the way that the real Charlie Kaufman in real life, what he wants the movie to be and what the character Charlie Kaufman wants the movie to be is changing. And I, I think... When this movie, Black Bear, when the credits rolled, I still was not 100% sure what was going on. But as I've started to kind of try to unravel it, I'm I'm realizing the 
the different starts and stops of the writing creative process that the Aubrey Plaza character is going through at this retreat that she went to to go write. And so I, I think that there's definitely a mirror there to what uh, Charlie Kaufman is going through, although things are quite different in adaptation where things go. But just that that idea of the the uh, creative writer who is stuck with their writing process and trying to uh, trying to kind of give it that jolt it needs to bring it to where it needs to go. Well, now I definitely have to watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you, uh, what do you feel, um, since we're kind of at the end of the puzzle piece and then we'll get into the finished puzzle and all that, but do, do you also feel like at the end, like we've been watching like starts and stops of her creative process? Like that's kind of what I'm getting. Uh, that's a good question. I think I look at them as two separate things. So I'm not okay. sure if you want me to say that now or Wait. Okay, I will do the finished puzzle, and then we'll start getting into some of those closing thoughts, and okay. uh, and, and getting into what where where we think some of this went. So, uh, our our finished puzzle includes uh, Ari Aster's films, both Hereditary and uh, Midsummer, uh, Mother, The House That Jack Built, Uncut Gems, and Good Time, Boogie Nights, and Adaptation. So that's our our final list of puzzle pieces a lot of anxiety inducing <laughs> films in there which i think this movie absolutely goes into that great tradition of movies that you just sit there and you're like jesus christ where is this going <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, what closing thoughts do you have like what didn't we get into while talking about puzzle pieces that you really want to talk about with this movie well i think we can talk about spoilers right sure absolutely okay. so i think after watching it I'm not entirely convinced that the second half, oh God, it's so hard. I feel like the first half is her coming to terms with the inspiration she's seeing mm -hmm. between the, the, you know, what's happening between Christopher Abbott and Sarah. Mm -hmm. And then I think the second part, I don't know how much of it exists in reality. Sure. Because it's never what what really made me think that was the literally at the end of the movie when we're mm. back at the beginning and we see her sitting on that you know the like dock yeah. yeah and I'm wondering if the middle segment is what's to come from the inspiration that she garnered while on the retreat okay so that's kind of where I I landed and I'm not sh and that's what. I find so fascinating is like, is that middle piece like, did that actually happen or is that what is to come? And then when did she start the relationship with Christopher? Mm -hmm. And cause Sarah's clearly not with her or Sarah's yeah. not with Christopher anymore. So it's very fascinating. I feel like the middle part is what's to come. I just don't know the pieces that bring that together yet. Sure. Yeah. And, and I'll say my, my interpretation is not too far off from that, but a, a little different just in that to me there, none of them are what's happened, but to me, she, you know, went through some kind of breakup and is writing, uh, generally about that situation and the, probably the person who caused that breakup and 
kind of mixing and mashing those little bits of her real life into these stories. And I don't think either of the stories are right. I think her stories are just kind of getting crazier. I think if the film was to continue after that last scene of her waking up and going to write again, um, I think the third one would have been even crazier. Like I think her ideas are just getting a little bit, uh, a little bit further out there as she goes, you know, and the way that she incorporates her, her real life into her, her uh, writing ideas. So to me, that that's I think it's kind of an endless cycle of mm-hmm. of the ideas just getting crazier and crazier. And I, I mean, I wish I could see the third idea. <laughs> me too. Because I'm sure it would be nuts. You know what I mean? She gives such. I mean, I I I love the entire cast. Um, like I said in the beginning, I'm a huge fan of Aubrey Plaza, but I'm also a huge fan of Christopher Abbott, who just came off oh, yeah. of Possessor, who, oh, what which a is year. he's phenomenal in that um Mm. so i think that their performance really drove the film but seeing aubrey plaza you know she's always in like these quirky kind of weird roles but this felt like like this felt like an aubrey plaza movie that we've all been waiting for in terms of like really just stepping out of what she usually does and just killing it and i really hope she gets love this award season for it. I mean, she's phenomenal. That would be amazing if she does, because I mean, she definitely deserves it. And I mean, it is, it is such an out there performance and there's so much to it. I mean, it, and, and it's different from anything we've really seen her in before. I mean, we, we've seen shades of it, but it, it definitely just goes so much bigger, but uh, warranted bigger, not just bigger for bigger sake. I mean, it is, it is, uh, I think she's perfect in the roles. So. Yeah. And it was, you know, interesting to see her. I, wasn't a huge fan at, at first. I'd only seen her in like Parks and Rec, really. And I thought mm. she was like goofy. And then like I started watching more films that she was in. I was like, oh, she's really good. And then I saw the, the first shift I saw was when she played the mom in the new Child's Play remake. And right. I was like, interesting. Like that would not have been my first pick. And she, I thought she did great, like, you know, for all the issues that the film has. So then to see her go from that to i mean i know she had other films after that like happy season and stuff but to see her go from that to then something so weird and bizarre that fits in a category that we just you know all these movies we just listed it's kind of it's really impressive it really is it really is and i i very much look forward to hearing your thoughts once you get around to ingrid goes west because she is super super good in that too my partner keeps (laughs) telling me we have to watch it so I need to, he really wants to watch it. So I need to, to give yeah. in and, and do it. <laughs> talk, talk about dark. Let's just say that. Really? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, oh, it looks so like neon pop. Oh it, good. It that does. excites me. It does. It does. But yeah, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that does it for black bear for now. Although I know I'll be continuing to think about it for a long time after this conversation, but uh, Shannon, this was great. Uh, I always ask my guests, uh, at the end, if there's another movie that they watched recently that they'd like to recommend to our listeners. That's a loaded question. I know, you've um, been watching a lot. <laughs> I've been watching so many, so many. Um, honestly, the one that's really been sticking with me and is probably going to make my top 10 is uh, Sound of Metal. Oh, yeah. That is a, that's just, that movie blew me away. Rizamad's performance is just—he's so good. That movie broke me. So that 
you know, that. And then I guess if I'm going to throw in a horror movie, if you haven't watched Underwater yet, I just love that movie so much. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen it. I need I need to uh, watch that one of these. Oh, God, sure. it's so good. It's just so yeah. good. Okay. All right. Well, that's on. Uh, that's going on my watch list for sure. So, all right on, Shannon. Why don't you tell people again where they could find Nightmarish Conjurings and everything uh, you're up to? Sure. You can find Nightmarish Conjurings on Facebook and Instagram at Nightmarish Conjurings. And on Twitter, we're Nightmarish, and it's spelled N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R, and then the number one S-H because we couldn't write all of Nightmarish Conjurings. <laughs> <laughs> that, that works. Right? Whatever, whatever you have to do on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Shannon, thank for you joining so much. me. It was, a, it was a great conversation, and uh, maybe we'll get you back one of these days. I would love that. We're queer. We're geeks. We're, We're queeks. queeks. Superheroes, Star Wars, Broadway, Drag Race. So if you're super gay, super nerdy, or anything in between, listen to Queeks today. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. And find us on Instagram at Queeks Podcast. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Black Bear. Thank you again, Shannon, for joining me for that conversation. It was a very fun one. Those of you at home listening, if you enjoy what we do here on Piecing It Together... I would really appreciate your feedback. You can, of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. But I'd also just love to hear from you. You can get in touch, you know, on Twitter at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Uh, or just, you know, email me through the contact form on our website, PiecingPod.com. I love hearing from people about how they like the show. If you're ever interested in joining me to uh, co-host an episode, I'm always looking for new co-hosts. 2021 is right around the corner, and there will be lots of movies to cover. So please do get in touch. So uh, I do want to mention real quick before we get to a piece of music like I always do, um, our Patreon, produced by David Rosen, the Patreon. It combines content from my music career as well as from this podcast, Piecing It Together, we always post advanced episodes and bonus episodes and stuff like that. And then also bonus content from Awesome Movie Year, the other movie podcast that I produce. And there will be plenty of other bonus content hitting there soon enough. Uh, the more subscribers we get, the more content we are going to make for it. So uh, go check that out. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. I really appreciate your support. And, uh, yeah, the, the, like I said, the more people we get on there, the more we are going to make. I have all these ideas for uh, special bonus series that go along with piecing it together that I'd like to do. But I want to make sure that there's some people there first. I don't want to just make them and then just post them and they just sit there. I want to make sure people are hearing them. So get signed up and uh, we'll see about making some of that stuff happen in 2021. And thank you so much, as always, for listening. So let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And I want to play a weird one to go along with a weird movie. And I wanted to play something from my new album, David Rosen. So I think the weirdest track on this album is this song called Hummingbird. 
And I, yeah, I think this will be a good one to close this thing out with. So this is Hummingbird from my new album, David Rosen. I'm really proud of this album. It is available now on iTunes and Amazon, but of course no one buys music anymore. On Bandcamp as well, by the way. Uh, no one buys music. You can stream it on Spotify or Apple Music too. i just as happy as if you do that. If you really want to be cool, add it to your playlists and all that stuff. So that way... Uh, you know, maybe maybe your friends will check it out, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. The future's weird, and uh, promoting yourself as an artist is uh, a, a very strange endeavor. But hey, I'm out here doing it. I've been doing it for 20 years, and I'm going to keep doing it. So anyway, this is Hummingbird from my new album, David Rosen. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming out real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.